What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Collective Experience. Coming up this weekend uh, is the Motocross Des Nations. I'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm bummed that I won't be in attendance, but a guy that will be lining the fences, screaming on the top of his lungs for two of his favorite nations, of course, USA all the way, and then uh, also secondary mention to Team Canada, which is, of course, first in my heart. Dave Drakes, welcome back to the podcast. It's been entirely too long. In fact, it's been uh, it's been an entire month since we talked to you last. Welcome to back to the program. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been uh, I've been sad that day on the podcast. I got so used to it for a number of weeks that uh, became routine, and now I just I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just sitting here, just you know, just life with. Finally, I'm back on. Get to talk about some donation stuff. The biggest race of the year, man. I'm I'm pumped. The Olympics of motocross are back, and uh, pumped to have you on the show, my friend. It's uh, it's it's not uh, um, it's not it was by no intention to leave you off the podcast for an entire month, but I did want to give you a little bit of a reprieve from uh, like we had basically had uh, uh, race reviews going down every single week down the stretch there, so maybe a little bit of time to recharge on Mars, and uh, as well as uh, you were doing a little bit of traveling as well as getting some throttle therapy. Uh, tell us where uh, whereabouts you went and uh, what was the reason? Yeah, uh, I just had a really, really cool trip to uh, Park City, Utah, and we were doing a little bit of promo work for our run with AJ Cat and Daryl for uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm in a couple weeks. And uh, what's really cool is that, you know, worked out by now, but we're doing a James Stewart tribute. So we got uh, Spencer Luxack and his family to, uh, to lend us his super sweet KX125 thing is cherry done up 110%. Um, and invite us out to their private ranch or private place to go ride and uh, do some filming, do some promotions, shout out some of the sponsors for the program, do some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. So something we're really excited to uh, to unveil. The trip was awesome. Uh, probably one of the nicest tracks and one of the coolest products I've been a part of. And, uh, yeah, we got some cool things rolling out for our fans for uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm, so we're, we're pumped to get it going. Awesome, dude. And yeah, the bike looks awesome. Of course, uh, close to all of our hearts who basically grew up within that uh, that late 90s, early 2000s, where uh, the 259 uh, ruled supreme when it comes to the little bike, um, and uh, knocking down uh, two outdoor championships and two Supercross championships, if I do remember correctly. Uh, probably could have been three of each, if not for some uh, some rookie mistakes and uh, a shoulder being put on backwards in 03. Um, how does that? How did that connection become between uh, AJ Cat and uh, the owner of this beautiful KX125? And uh, like, how did the kind of wheels get in motion to doing a cool uh, kind of program like this? Because uh, all eyes were on it, and uh, yeah, it was a cool, cool little program. Yeah, it kind of happened organically. You know, uh, we kind of sat down and decided, like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool to do a to do a Red Bull Straight Rhythm and. He's kind of poking and prodding AJ uh, to kind of to kind of do it. You know, he was in full bore with the AJ Motocross Academy, so you know he was he was really focused on that. So we you know we talked about it a little bit, and uh, um, you know he reached out to some of the promoters at uh, at Red Bull Straight Rhythm and, and who host that event. 
And, you know, one thing led to another after talking, saying, hey, you know, I'd like to ride a Cowie. And, you know, speaking of Cowie, talk about a K125 and all oh, crap. Stuart used to ride one. Let's do a Stuart tribute. And, um, you know, Spencer Luxack and his family, they promote that bike so well. And they've, you know, we've seen it in Meta and a few other places. So, we've, you know, AJ reached out to him and uh, they were more than willing to have us, you know, to have us up there to fly out to, you know, check the track out, shake the bike down. Um, and really be a big part of the program. So it's something we're really grateful to, you know, to have them on board. And I think it's, uh, I think, I think it's something that fans really want. You know, we're, we're all huge James Stewart fans. I'm probably the biggest James Stewart fan in the world. And I say that very literally, as it was almost an obsession when I was a kid. And you know, so is AJ and some of the other sponsors who are involved. So to be able to do a tribute bike and watch a two five nine platter on the KX one twenty five and hear it just scream on the track is, you know, brought back so many memories. And you know, we were. When we were between filming, you know, everyone was just bench racing, telling their favorite James Stewart moment and how cool his bike was and just all this cool stuff. So it's it's really resonating with, with, with a lot of people, and a lot of people are uh, on board and behind it watching the video and getting involved. So uh, it's something that, you know, I think everyone's super pumped on. Sir, yes, sir. And anytime you see that uh, that green fender, the 259, uh, people uh, start to, the internet starts to stir. Obviously, a uh, uh, different uh, guy at the controls, but uh, AJ Catanzaro is definitely uh, a guy who knows what to do uh, on a green bike. For those who don't remember, he was on green for a long period of time. I guess sort, sort of still is uh, this last year racing with Rockwell um, on the West Coast and then uh, kind of doing his own thing on the East. Uh, and I guess we also saw him on a uh, Blue Buffalo Yamaha uh, uh, last season. But either way, uh, awesome to see the guy ride it. Uh, the edit turned out awesome. We'll put a link to the YouTube video in the description of this podcast so people can go check it out. Uh, and uh, and this is a bike that uh, is going to be uh, featured in uh, at Straight Rhythm in, in uh, what is that, two, is it what, two weeks' time, three weeks' time? I think we got about three, three weeks, yeah. It's going to be a busy three weeks, but... Uh... Yeah, like I said, everyone's super excited, and I think it's probably going to make the race, you know, that much more exciting. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, two strokes are uh, close to my heart because I still race one and I still have one, and looking forward <laughs> to possibly getting a uh, Husqvarna 2019 TC250 in my possession before the season's out, or if not for uh, for early next season. Uh, I, I got to ask you, Dave. You're currently on a uh, a 2009 uh, y, YZF 250F, um, your next your next motorcycle you purchase, where what what are you thinking about going with? Are, are you going uh, two stroke? Are you going four stroke? Are you going car? Are you staying in carbureted? Are you going a a brand new machine? What what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, that one's tough, man. Uh, that one's tough. Um. I'm a, I am a huge two-stroke lover. I, I love two-strokes. I was It broke my heart when I had to finally get off one and head on to the 250s and 450s and stuff. But um, you know what? I, I had to ride against somebody in one of AJ's camps on a TC350, I believe, and that thing pulled like I couldn't believe. And he was telling me how light it was and how, how you know awesome it was to ride, how good it handled. And you know, I just watching the just watching the guy ride and and seeing how how the bike you know just just handled and and the way it sounded, I think it would that probably end up being my next my next pick if I had to choose. But I mean, some of these new two strokes too, man. It's like you 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 watch them go on the track and you're like, how can you get much better than that? You know. So if I if I was to go buy a bike tomorrow, I would be very hard pressed between a two fifty and a three fifty. I think. 
Fair enough. You're currently on a 250F, and uh, as we get older, the, the, the horsepower definitely set, seems to help uh, the, the rotting style as well as uh, uh, just uh, if, you're, if you're packing on a few extra LBs, definitely carries you around a little bit better than a 250F does. Uh, I have ridden a 2018 uh, 250 or uh, 350. Unbelievable motorcycle. I uh, couldn't believe how well balanced it was, and uh, honestly, I felt like I was barely on the throttle, turning the same style lap times that I was on my 252 stroke. Obviously, the two stroke is a little bit more erratic, uh, but uh, uh, either way, I think uh, if you go Husqvarna, uh, whether it be 350 or the 252 stroke, uh, we can ride together, Dave. Yeah, exactly. We we, we definitely make it happen. Regardless, man, I could, yeah. as long as, long as it has wheels and a handlebar. Exactly. As long as I have wheels in a handlebar, we'll make it work. It could be a tricycle, a strider, I don't care. We just got to ride together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, I'm really hoping for a new bike pretty soon. So we'll see. We'll have to crunch some numbers, do some finances, and, and figure it out. You know, this is one of, the, one of the downfalls of our sport is the price of things. But then when you throw a leg over it, you know, it all, it all comes together, and you realize why you like it so much. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get it going. Yes, sir. It's all about value. So before we get into the uh, motocross nations, of course, you'll be there this weekend at Redbud, Michigan, Buchanan, Michigan, uh, where uh, the whole world will be uh, just like they'll be racing and uh, seeing who is the best nation in the world in motocross. I think we know who's going to who it's going to be. But before we get to that, some exciting news out of uh, the Orange camp. Um, late yesterday, Cooper Webb making a post thanking Yamaha for all of their contributions to his career, uh, both on the 250F and the 450, including his time as an amateur. Um, and, uh, and now he uh, obviously was going to set sail and about two hours ago posted uh, with, uh, with his brand new orange KTM, the worst kept secret in motocross, but it's now official. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cooper Webb? being full-time on uh, KTMs for the next two years. Yeah, you know, like you said, everyone everyone saw it coming. It was the buzz around the pits for a long time. I mean, you know, there's so many people were talking about it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool look. It's cool to see him, you know, finally make the switch. Um, we've mentioned it on this show numerous times about how Cooper kind of flew under the radar for a little bit and didn't really live up to that to the name he made for himself when he was in the 250s. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping a change up here will will really suit him, and we'll really start to see something come out of uh, out of Cooper Webb in this camp. Um, you know, he, he's reported that the 450 is a little bit a little bit heavier, and the way the frame flexes and just the overall characteristics of the bike are just not on par with what he's used to on the 250. So, um, you know, to to see this, he make this switch to a bike that I think a lot of people um, praise for the lightweight feel. Um, the predictable feel, the chassis, the handling. I think it'll be very inter- interesting to see how that comes into play and to see if, uh, if you know, a new team, um, new bike underneath them, if that really is the, the defining factor for a successful year for them. So um, I'm excited for it. I hope it does good. Um, you know, like I always say, the more riders that we have that are in tip-top, you know, f- physically and, you know, their equipment and mentally, uh, I think it, it makes for better racing and it, it makes it more exciting for all of us. So I'm excited. I, I hope he... Uh, Hope he likes it. Hope that you know him and the team gel very well. I hope he gets along with some of the riders, and uh, hope it goes good. For sure. So I ask you this: What does Cooper Webb need to accomplish in 2019 to make it a successful season, rolling into his final season with them in 2020? I would say if Cooper gets, uh, if he becomes a consistent top five guy, if he has a year 
like we've seen, like maybe like a Baggett um, or even a Pikett sometimes. I, I think I think we can call it a success. He, his biggest thing was consistency. He was very inconsistent. Um, you know, it, it looked like he really didn't know how to ride the bike for the first half of the you know when he when he when he did move up in that year. So I think if he can if he can get the consistency back, get a couple top fives, and hey, maybe a couple podiums here and there, I think that would be a very successful year for him. I think uh, Supercross might be a little bit of a learning curve. So uh, you know, if we don't see a podium from him, but a couple top fives, I think that you know I'd be okay with that. But uh, outdoors, I think is really where we where I, I, I plan to see him do pretty decent. I, I think you know we can we can stamp that he'll start to really uh, get used to the bike, um, like the feel of it, and start to. Uh, really, really gel with the bike and the team and stuff. So, um, I think anything, anything less than like a top five or a couple of podiums, I think will kind of be a myth because he is on, you know, arguably one of the best bikes in the class. His teammate is Marvin Nuskin. He's got um, so much support and so much, so many resources behind him. You know, if, if he doesn't live up to that at least, then I think it, it ends up being a miss for him, and that's when the industry will start talking for sure. For sure, it's amazing to think that uh, a, a double champion in our ser- in our our sport, uh, not two years ago, uh, is is going into a season being compared to uh, guys who are uh, do not carry even close to the same pedigree as he did. Of course, that's the result of uh, two lackluster seasons on the 450. Of course, they were also uh, dealt with some injuries along there, uh, and staying healthy is a skill in motocross, in, in all sports, actually. But uh, I think you're right. I think for uh, to, to chalk uh, 2019 up as a success, um, Cooper Webb needs to uh, either win or come damn close to winning uh, at least one or multiple Supercross races, uh, be a consistent uh, contender in these races uh, outdoors, um, indoors and out. I think he needs to have podiums, multiple. I'm thinking five or six podiums minimum uh, to be a really successful season for him. And I think he needs to uh, basically try to um, establish himself as the 1A, 1B of uh, that uh, Marvin Muscan was uh, when when uh, Dungey was still there, so I, I think that's that's what he he needs to set his sights on. And I think he can achieve it. So uh, with that, um, we're we're sitting on the doorstep of a historic race. Motocross nations are back on American soil and finally at Redbud uh, Track and Trail, where uh, many many great American races have been held. Never before have we had the Motocross nations there. Um, unfortunately we won't have the winner of the, uh, of, of the AMA national, uh, in the four four fifty class out there this, this weekend coming up, but, um, all the nations are going to come out to play Canada, Great Britain, Netherlands, France, Belgium, Germany, Switzerland, Australia, Italy, you name it. They'll all be there as well as yourself will be there. Um, what are some of the most intriguing storylines coming into this this uh, series? Obviously, Mar- uh, Marvin Muscan not being selected and then eventually uh, being contacted by Team France only to, 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 to uh, kindly decline that offer. Uh, I guess that maybe that's where we should start. Um, the defending champs from last year, uh, they didn't have Marvin last year when they won it. They won't have uh, Marvin this year when they try and defend it. What are your thoughts on that whole situation of him, A, not being picked, and then B, when uh, Robin Favre gets, gets injured, they, uh, they come crawling back to uh, the great Marvin Muscat, and he uh, politely declines. Yeah, it, 
we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, earlier in the season. And I think, like many people think, it, it, it was a definitely a miss on Francis' part to not pick Marvin Muskin. Uh, you know, all, you know, whatever turmoil there is between Muskin or the reason why they didn't pick him, whatever that is, I think Marvin Muskin was like one of the most solid guys, uh, you know, in, in the U.S., number one. And, you know, number two, one of the only French guys to, to be on that track all year. So I think, you know, that was, that was, they definitely dropped the ball with not, not inviting him and uh, picking uh, Fevre over him. So, uh, you know, I really, once, once, you know, Fevre got hurt and they ended up, um, you know, needing somebody to fill in, you know, I can't really doubt Mooskin for, you know, kind of giving him the cold shoulder and saying, hey, you know what, I really don't want to do it now. You know, I was all for it in the beginning. I kind of want to enjoy my off season and you guys are kind of, you know, not for me, then you need me when something bad happens. So I, yeah, I can't really fault him, but I mean, that, that severely hurt Francis chances. You know, it's, uh, Marvin won the race. He's one of the best riders in the world and he's been on that track multiple, multiple times. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a miss. Um, you know, not, not saying that their team isn't good and, you know, with, with Paul in filling in and then Tixier and, um, and Ferrandis, but you know, it makes you wonder how much better could they have been if they did have Muskin with Ferrandez, you know what I mean? What, what would have happened then? So, you know, who knows? It's only, only time will tell, you know, we got a couple of days to see how it all shakes out, but um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely, it, it put a, uh, it put a damper on the team for sure. For sure. And I, I don't, uh, I, I'm not going to completely come count them out uh, as a, uh, a possibility of a win, but this definitely hurts their chances. Um, I'd say that uh, like it's, it, they they still remain a contender uh, as Jordi Tixier has knocked down a, a, an MX2 title uh, in recent memory and uh, he but he has struggled lately. Um, Gote Paulin maybe not uh, nearly as uh, dominant as he has been in the past. I think the strongest rider is Dylan Ferrandis and he'll have to go back to back motos, uh, which is not is no small task. So uh, Team France, although will be one two three, will be. Uh, not your your favorites rolling into this weekend. I think they'll they'll still have a solid uh, solid weekend. I think they're they're still uh, in that one two three four spot. It depend, it'll depend on how uh, I think they're basically they're the the guy that will depend on it the most will be uh, just how good um, Dylan Ferrandis will be because I think I think they'll only end up using one of Jordi Tixier's uh, uh, results. Um, it, it'll depend on how good. Dylan Frannis can be uh, racing back to back and down a little bit of horsepower, but uh, I, I think that uh, uh, some things will have to go right for France to defend this ye- this year. But they're still they're not uh, as uh, as bad as some may think. Um, although would have of course been that they they would have been absolutely lethal with uh, with Marvin Muscan on there, but uh, unfortunately they do not have him. Uh, the Netherlands comes in second last year. Jeffrey Hurlings is. For all intents and purposes, the best motocross racer in the world right now. He only has to focus on motocross 12 months of the year. Motocross is his uh, full focus. Um, And for that reason, I think that he holds a small edge over Eli Tomac. But of course, this is American soil. This is a track that Jeffrey doesn't have a lot of time on. Uh, has has Jeffrey shown that he can show up to a race, a track that he's never been to, and be successful? Of course he has. Uh, but uh, I think that um, that it's kind of like a um, there's some pros and there's some cons there. I think the way it, it weighs out, basically, you, you gotta go, you gotta drop the gate and figure out who's gonna do what. But uh, um, uh, as far as Netherlands um, 
kind of the way that team stacks up. I think uh, Calvin uh, Vanalandrin is kind of like the dark horse of that uh, that 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 team. I think that uh, like Glenn Coldenhoff kind of is what he is. I think he'll be uh, somewhere. Uh, in the mid-pack, I think they'll probably end up using both of his scores. But uh, if Calvin can have really good moto scores, I think that uh, he w- he's basically would be the uh, the linchpin in unlocking a victory for Netherlands this week uh, this weekend in in Red Bud. Uh, if they're gonna win, they'd get some uh, really good motos from that guy. I agree 100% with what you said. You know, Hurlings. I mean, what 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 needs to be said about Hurlings? The guy is amazing. Uh, I agree with that statement you made with, you know, the best motocross racer right now. Um, you know, not taking anything away from, from Tomac. I just think that Hurlings is, um, it's his main focus. That's what his, that's what his repertoire is. He's, he is a, he's a outdoor rider. Um, I think that he's going to be very good on this type of soil, very, very deeply tilled, like that top soily sort of sandy type mix. Um, the guy can ride extremely rough tracks very, very well. And we've seen what he can do in an American track when he came over last year and kind of put hurting on everybody. So I, I think, you know, he's obvious team captain, obvious guy to have really, really good motos. And I'm really hoping that we can see Hurlings and Tomac get out to good starts and we can see the battle that everyone else wanted to see. Uh, with his two teammates, you know, with, with Calvin and Glenn, I think those two guys are solid guys. They're, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the Landry's in top six in points and, uh, Colton Hoff is, isn't isn't too far down the list, and I think he's top ten in points as well uh, for the uh, for the for the MX one class. So um, I think they've got a strong team. I don't think um, I don't think the his two Jeffrey Hurling's two teammates are going to have like any um, you know huge impactful motos, meaning a, a podium or anything like that. But they're definitely solid and can definitely um, help the team rally and, uh, and and get some decent points. So. I think they're definitely a threat. I have them marked as number two on my list just because Hurlings is so good and those guys are such solid riders. So um, I'm excited to see what happens. I think that they're, uh, they're very capable of giving the U.S. to run for their money and um, keeping France at bay. So it's going uh, to shake up to be a, a, a pretty good race. And I think, uh, you know, Netherlands and France, are, they're looking like they're, um, they're pretty much on par for each other. So it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Oh yes, that's two uh, A and two B when it comes to uh, the way these these teams seem to stack up. Um, and uh, I think that regardless of how the motos go, Jeffrey Hurling's back might be a little bit sore from carrying his team all weekend. Uh, if he is, <laughs> if he does end up getting the victory, I, I I'm uh, honestly picking him for both moto wins uh, this weekend. So just gonna go, just go ahead and say that right now is that I think that Jeffrey Hurling's. Uh, takes both moto wins uh, that he competes in. He'll, he he doesn't have to go back to back, and I think that he's he's in a, a really good position to to, to just have an unbelievable weekend. Um, so uh, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, oh, interesting. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> last year we saw the the emergence of Max Anstey. Thankfully for him, uh, he really excels in the mud. So. Does uh, a couple of um, a lot of other uh, great British, uh, great, great Britain's riders in the past? Uh, we've seen that. Uh, I don't expect the same same performance from Max that we saw this last weekend or that la- this last year. But uh, I think uh, Great Britain's going to be solid again. Ben Watson is a, is a year older. He's a little bit faster than he was uh, last year. He, he showed a lot of speed this year. 
Uh, my biggest question mark for Great Great Britain is is Tommy Searle. I want to know who shows what what Tommy Searle shows up. We've seen Tommy Searle ride at the front of na- uh, front of nationals way back in the day. We've seen him run at the front of uh, MXGPs. Um, if if we get uh, good good Tommy, uh, they could easily be inside the top five all year all weekend long. If we see bad Tommy, uh, we could see. Uh, Great Britain slip outside the top five, if not even not even the top ten. I agree with that. It's uh, I actually have Tommy as my uh, my question mark to this team. Uh, you know, Max Anstey definitely elevated his game in the last couple of years. That guy was kind of hit or miss over the you know past few seasons, but um, as of late, Anstey's kind of you know come alive and really showed showed people that he's a he's a world class rider. And I I think that he's really going to mix it up and. Be excited to be over in the U.S. Um, you know where he where he had you know some of his first uh, first pro races. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's gonna really um, really have some flashes of brilliance. And like you said, Watson, you know, he's he's not a slow rider. You know, I think he's like top five in points right now. Um, he's, he's he's pretty solid. He's a pretty solid guy. Uh, as far as Tommy Searle, that's that's where things get a little shaky. Like you said, he's he's led nationals. Um, he's had really really good rides rides in the GP, but He's very inconsistent. You know, we, we're not sure what what's going to happen. If uh, you know, sometimes it's stamina issues, sometimes it's this or that, or you know, it looks like he's it's not himself. So, uh, I'm excited to see if this guy can really put his head down and and, and lay down some good motos. Um, you know, if all goes right, if these guys get some good starts and they ride to their full potential, then um, Great Britain might be the team that to to shine and really have a breakout ride and, and best their, their results from uh, from a year ago. So, I think it's um. I think I think it'll be very very uh, very exciting. Uh, I think this is probably one of the one of the first years where we've had uh, so many guys kind of scattered in in, uh, in in each respective class, and so many of the of each teams are you know are, they're very evenly matched. I feel like so, um, at least based on potential. You know, race results are a little bit different, but just going on raw potential, I think um, some of these teams are they're they're pretty they're pretty equal to each other. So. Uh, I'm hoping that the you know weather holds out, that these guys ride the way that that we all know they can ride, and we can get some really great racing. Because I think uh, if everyone brings it, it's going to really jockey around some people's uh, fantasy picks. For sure. If if uh, if it is uh, if it is muddy, who do you think uh, gets the 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 biggest uptick of your kind of um, your your top ten? Like like if if it's muddy again, do you see uh, Great Britain having that much better of a day? I do. Uh, I, I definitely do. I mean, anytime you think of inclement bad weather, you think of, you know, Great Britain, those guys are, those guys grew up racing and pretty much, you know, downpours nonstop. So I think those guys are definitely going to have some good rides. Um, you know, that also comes to mind is, you know, Italy. I know Caroli is, you know, he's not, he's not terrible in mud either. So um, that could easily play in this, you know, to, to his favor and, and you start seeing him slide up the, uh, the ticker a little bit too. So um, it could honestly be anyone's game. We could see, you know, Belgium come back with, you know, Clement Desson, that guy's very, very solid rider. He's been doing this forever. It feels like, and um, he's good when it gets really, really nasty like that. So um, it could totally mix up the top three for sure. So, um, you know, who knows, would that make the racing a little bit better? Would it make it a little bit tighter? Um, definitely. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of mud races. So I, I want to see these guys be able to, Ride the track the way it's meant to be ride. Go all out. I mean, rail corners. Hit the hit the jumps. You name it. Yeah, you you got enough of the the mud races uh, this last uh, the last national you went to, and you're up to your ears in it. Um, but uh, 
But yeah, like the the next uh, next team that kind of uh, that jumps off the page at me as we kind of like roll down this top ten here, Belgium sending uh, uh, Yargo Giets as well as Jeremy Van Donne or uh, Jeremy Van Horbeek and uh, Clement Sal. Um, MX Panda, unbelievable rider. He can uncork one at any moment. I think he's he he's probably um, you, you're like you you know what to expect from him, and it's speed. And I think he's going to bring it this weekend um, in Bel or coming from Belgium. Um, my like, like they're kind of like what what's going to control that team is how uh, Geertz ends up riding. He's on the Yamaha. Uh, I think that's uh, obviously it's a great bike. Um, but I think he's got probably the the most potential out of these top four um, teams to really affect the way his team uh, performs. I think that they'll, they'll use both of his scores, uh, and for that reason, he's kind of the most important guy on the team. Uh, Jeremy Van Horbeek, uh, as as great as he's been over his career, a little bit long in the tooth, uh, and I think that they'll they'll only need one moto from him, but it better be a good one if he wants to stay inside the top five. Agreed. Definitely agreed. The uh, you know their their MX2 rider. I'm not I'm not as familiar with him as I am some of the other guys. And you know I've I've seen him here and there and a few uh, you know a few few GP uh, highlights and stuff like that. So you know he hasn't really stood out to me like um, you know like some other riders would like a uh, you know like like a Ben Watson or um, or um, you know some of, some of those other riders like a Puncher Lawrence or whatever. But um, I think I think if uh, if he could put together some some decent motos, and I'm not saying you know go up there in top five, which I don't I don't think too many people are expecting, um, but really be like sort of that anchor for for his other two teammates with uh, Desalv and Horby, who are established guys who really know how to ride those bikes, uh, who are world class riders. You know, uh, I think Desalv's a top three right now in points, and um, really can really ride a motorcycle and is one of the one of the better riders you know in the series. Um, if you can kind of anchor those guys and and provide some decent points for them, I think that uh, I think that they could have a good a good ride too. Um, you know, the Belgians are no they're they're not scared of riding in rough stuff. And um, like I said, the same for hurlings. This this soil type really uh, really kind of lends itself to those to those type of riders, um, especially the Belgian riders. So I think they're really going to enjoy the track. I think uh, this is where they this is where they kind of uh, their their skill sets kind of uh, lend themselves. So I'm. Uh, I'm holding up with these guys. I don't have them too high up on my list right now, but I, you know, I, I could be, I could be swayed, you know, after uh, after seeing some of the practice runs. Fair enough, and you get, well, you, you will be trackside for all of this. I'm way jealous of you, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, Switzerland is uh, came came in in the fifth place spot last year. Fifth, yeah, fifth. Um, and, uh, this is one, like, this is one team that I really don't expect to be back in the top five, um, mainly because I, I think that, uh, Germany and the United States are going to be that much better this season, uh, obviously with having Ken Roxon back on Germany is a good thing, but, uh, 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 like Killian Arberson, uh, Arberson, I think he rides, uh, does he not race in the States? I think he does. Um, and uh, Jamie, Jeremy Sewer, as well as uh, uh, Valentin Giod, uh, solid team. I think they'll still be like they'll be strong, but I don't know if they have enough firepower to deal with uh, the Germanys of the world. Um, and uh, like 
I, I don't, I don't think that uh, they'll be able to beat the United States. I, I honestly think that uh, Canada might have a chance at uh, nipping at the heels of uh, of Switzerland, depending on how their uh, their moto scores um, play out. I think this team might be looking at uh, the biggest drop out of the uh, the top ten. Uh, other than maybe Great Britain, we'll see. Like I, I think that uh, a fifth place spot would be uh, kind of a wishful thinking for uh, for Switzerland this this coming year. I agree with that. I, um, I looking at the look at their team roster. The the only rider that I know that really can um, can kind of rise to the occasion is Jeremy Sewer, You know, and um, and still, you know, he still has some of his uh, his flaws with the riding and it's deals with some of that inconsistency as well and a little little bit with speed here and there but um yeah i honestly i don't i don't expect switzerland to to place any higher than what they did last year and to like you said to kind of fall down the roster a little bit you know not knocking those riders at all or um or their or their skill set i just don't uh, i don't i don't see um you know those those riders really carrying what the other teams have uh where you know it's something someone like a hurlings or a team us Tomac or uh, you know Team Francis, I just don't see the pedigree, um, you know, within that Switzerland team. So um, you know, unless unless you're hiding something from the from the rest of the world uh, that we don't really know about, I just I can't I can't see putting them uh, you know any higher than like a seventh or eighth place if you know that's if they have a really good breakout ride. So um, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping that you know maybe they help they make me eat my words and. Uh, and they, you know, they, they really show something, but, um, you know, just as far as what we've seen, you know, this past season's Marbles Riders, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see them maintaining that spot for next year, or for this year, rather. No, I think, uh, yeah, maybe you do eat your words, but I, I expect them uh, to take a little bit of a fall this year, um, with, of course, the couple teams moving forward in the results. Uh, another team that uh, is going to be hampered with uh, just not having their best guys out there, and I think this was a little bit of controversy um, due to uh, the fact that like Chad Reed left off the team. Uh, team Australia, there's a, a super uh, Australian Supercross going on. No, um, no Metcalf, no Chad Reed, no um, uh, F- Ferris. A ton of guys won't be in attendance for Australia. The only guy of note, really, is uh, is Hunter Lawrence. Um, so I, I think that uh, Australia, uh, managed by Michael Byrne, is really in tough. Like Kurt Gibbs and uh, Mitchell Evans, I I can't tell you a lot about those two guys. Uh, I know that they're both on KTM's, but uh, I, I I really don't think that uh, those guys are going to bring the firepower needed to stay within the top ten. Um, or at least uh, not not as far up as they were in the sixth place spot. I think that they fall as far down to possibly eighth or ninth, uh, back to where uh, the states is right now. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of where you're going to find them. Yeah, the, the the fact that you know it, it's hard for people to 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 recall a, a race with those other two guys besides Hunter Lawrence is kind of an indication about um, you know some of the rides that they've had so far. So um, not really confident inspiring from Australia with their team picks and. Um, you know, even though Hunter Lawrence is a is a very talented rider, um, he's still not a household name that a lot of people that a lot of people know because he hasn't really had that strong run of, uh, you know, podium finish races uh, at least enough to where people can can really get behind uh, some of those results and say, yeah, you know, this guy is definitely one of those team leader type people. But um, you know, he's, he's I, I think he, they put him in a good spot being you know in an MX two. 
Um, it really, really kind of bugs me when they move a rider to a different class, you know, just for this one race when they've been, you know, stuck in uh, a different class all season. So I'm glad that they at least kept kept them in the MX2. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm really not sure about these guys. Um, I think they could have made some some much better picks. But uh, having said that, um, I think uh, I, I think this might it, it could play out good for Hunter Lawrence if he's able to uh, to to carry the team to a good finish and might, you know, up his, uh, up the attention on him and, and sort of, uh, shine some more light on him before he makes a move over to the, to the U S. So, uh, it, you know, it could, could potentially be good friends for Lawrence, but as a team overall, um, I just, I can't see those guys doing, doing anything really spectacular. Um, I think the best they can hope for is maybe, maybe top 10, 10th or 11th spot overall, but, it's that one's that one's going to be tough too. I just I think the only thing that they really have going for them is Hunter Lawrence being, you know, pretty decent on that on that Honda shit. So we'll see. Um, uh, I'm pulling for him though. It'd, it'd be it'd be cool to see something happen. For sure, he has the ability to uh, sort of steal the show as a one man uh, kind of uh, dynamo and just like he he might have himself a, a great weekend and and that'll be the note for Australia. But uh, other. Uh, Otherwise, I, I really don't see uh, um, a, a, like a whole lot of uh, great results coming out of Australia this weekend. Although I, I'm sure there will be some nice uh, yellow green uh, gear happening. That's that that you can be assured of. But um, before we get to the United States and a couple of other really high powered teams, um, Team Italy, Tony Caroli's last couple. Uh, he, this like is this his last? Uh, um, more across nations will next year be it just great to see him late in his career still going fast he will be wearing the number 19 racing in the mxgp class really excited to see him as well as lupino um i i, I don't expect these guys to uh, to move at all i like they're right around the eighth place spot ninth place spot or no i guess they're seventh um i i expect them to be right around there seven eight uh, is probably where you're going to find them. And, uh, yeah, I, like, um, what, what else can be said about Italy? Um, they'll be solid. They, I, I doubt, uh, unless, uh, Tony really brings the fire that, uh, they find themselves anywhere close to the top five. I think, uh, he'll be hampered by, uh, his two teammates, uh, throughout the day. But, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Italy's got Tony the Tiger and that's about it. Yeah, I, I think he's going to run into the same issue that we just talked about with uh, Team Australia. Uh, Cairoli's world-class rider, multi-time winner. Um, he's you know sort of like the Dungey of Europe, if you if you want to say that. Uh, I think he's he's going to be a strong he's going to be a strong guy. I see him maybe you know top four. I think he's going to have his hands full with uh, with Tomac and with Hurlings at this at this track. Um, you know, Cairoli's great everywhere. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't think we've really seen him shine at a track that's uh, that's more of this weird, loamy, sort of sandy top. So I think he's great in straight sand or even great in hard pack. But the sort of intermediate might be a little uh, might be a little out of his uh, out of his wheelhouse. But um, yeah, I, I think like you said, he's, he's going to be brought down a little bit by his teammates. Uh, sad to say, and I think the best that they can hope for is to maybe you know a, a couple top fours from Cairoli, maybe a podium if he can sneak one in. Um, but yeah, I. It's going to be tough for the three of them to kind of rise above and have Tony carry this team, uh, you know, in a couple of days. For sure, I, I think you're totally right. Um, if they do happen to have some really good motos, they'll find themselves right back into that seventh, 
seventh-ish spot, uh, but uh, their their whole their whole team depends on Cairoli. Um, next up, I want to talk about Team USA. It's been almost what almost forty five minutes into this podcast, we haven't talked about Team USA yet. Shame on me. But uh, let let's be honest. Last year, ninth overall, not where they wanted to be. Uh, a number of things not going uh, their, the team's way, so to speak, uh, and that's a bummer. But uh, that's behind us. Uh, Cole Seeley's shock not working properly. Uh, Covington's knee not uh, not holding up throughout the day, and obviously the mud didn't help anybody this weekend. If conditions are correct, uh, I, I think there, there there's no team that that's that's coming with this type of firepower. Um, and the type of speed. Eli Tomac on the 2019 uh, Kawasaki will be like he'll be at, he'll be at his best. You know he's get, he's been uh, putting down motos. Took a little bit of R and R and then just moto moto moto, uh, getting himself ready for this race. I think he's champing at the bit. Aaron Plessinger coming off of being a double champion in this sport. Um, he's now going to rock the number seven of close close to your heart. Uh, JS7, now it's AP7, will be running the 26 on his familiar Yamaha 250F. Um, if like, if anybody's going to win a moto on a 250F, it's going to be Aaron Plessinger. Seriously, the guy's got that kind of speed, uh, and I think he can totally do it uh, if all things go well for him. And Justin Barsha, my opinion, comeback rider of the year. Uh, this time last year was thinking about getting out of the sport completely. Now he's got a two-year deal with Yamaha. Um, to be basically their number one guy. Um, th- this is this is your championship team. These guys can't be beaten uh, this weekend, uh, other than the fact that I did say earlier that uh, that Hurlings wins both motos. I just think that the it's literally going to be a freight train of, uh, of Americans in behind. Yeah, looking at this team just puts a smile on my face. It's I think it's probably the best team that we put together in, in a number of years, quite a while. Um, and for all those reasons that you just said, I mean, Tomac is another guy that what more can you say? I mean, he, he had a very dominant run. Um, he knows this track. He yarded on this track. Um, you know, th- this year he had some, uh, some bike issues that kind of held him back a little bit, but, um, th- th- he's on fire. It, this is, this is his race to win. I believe the only person that could probably shake it up or mix it up with him is Hurlings. And I think honestly, Tomac is just too damn stubborn to let that happen, especially on home soil. Um, I, I, I think it's definitely uh, going to be a, a, a Tomac show when, when he's on the track and lines up. Uh, uh, AP, the guy is super, super solid. I think he's got uh, – he, if, if there's a lot of pressure on the other guys, then there's probably, you know, twice as much on Plessinger just, just to follow up with that. But I think he's the type of guy where, you know, he lets the pressure just slide off of him and he's out there to have a good time. And um, I think it's very doable for him to win uh, every race that he signs up for. You know, he's – uh, he's super, super uh, good this year. He's, he's he's comfortable. He's confident. He knows this track. Um, it seems like he's making all the right moves at all the right times, and he's definitely the top MX2 rider out there. I don't think there's any other MX2 riders that uh, come close to come close to him at all. You know, where Tomac's counterpart might be Hurlings, uh, or like a, maybe even a kind of Roly, I guess sometimes here and there. But um, AP, I don't think he has anyone in his class that can that can hang with them at all and Justin Barsha I'm extremely excited to see the guy on his team I'm pumped he had the year that he had I'm excited to see Barsha come back and ride the way Barsha can just super aggressive uh, very lively on the bike not giving an inch to anyone else and 
I'm, I'm just pumped for it. I think it's, it's going to be uh, one of the better races for this team. Uh, everyone's feeling good. They're all coming off really respectable seasons, really great rides. Um, you know, Tomac and Plessinger being championship guys, Barsha, not too damn far off, you know, especially considering where he was at in the past. So I think we've got a lot of confidence, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of swagger in this team. And I'm, I'm confident that they'll, they'll get the win. They're my, they're my number, number, number one guys. So, um, I'm excited. I'm very, very proud of this team and I'm excited to see us dominate. There you go. Dave Drake's calling out the swagger of Team Damn. USA. <laughs> um, and, and you definitely have the right to, to to call that out, my friend. You've been watching these guys all year long. Um, obviously, first in my heart, definitely second in yours. Team Canada shows up uh, after last year just outside the top 10, 11th overall. Jess Pettis coming off a championship Colton Fasciati now tied for second all-time in in uh, champions, championships in Canadian motocross history with five, uh, and Tyler Medaglia, the uh, the journeyman, the uh, the veteran, and an absolute speedster, will be running the 39 uh, aboard his Kawasaki. Um, really excited to see this team in action. Courtney Lloyd has put it together, and uh, they'll be um, they'll be firing. I think this is uh, Canada's best chance in the top ten uh, in 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 a number of years. If uh, if those guys ride how they if they know they can't, and of course, um, Motocross Nations has never been a, a huge highlight race for team canada but i think this year might be able to buck the trend what do you expect from team canada i expect some really nice motos you know i feel i'm a huge canadian motocross fanboy, so i might be speaking a little bit biased but i kind of expect a lot out of this team i'm a fasciati fan and you know that guy's a veteran in the sport same with medaglia and those guys those guys know how to they know how to ride they're not they're no strangers to pressure. They're no strangers to guys breathing on their necks and really riding them hard. So I think um, I, I'm, I'm, I have a high expectation for them. You know, I know uh, results may not have been where they, you know, they should have been in the past, but, um, you know, I think Fossey is a champion. He knows what he's doing. The guy is, the guy is fast. He's calculated. Uh, he, he's, he writes like a veteran does, you know. He makes those, he makes those, those chances or, or those, uh, um, those risky moves when he needs to. And, and um, I, th- I think he knows, he knows himself. He knows. He knows the bike. He knows what he has to do. Um, Jess Pettis. I think not a lot of people uh, give this guy enough recognition. Super flashy guy. Very, very. Uh, he's pretty aggressive for a Canadian rider on the bike. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his. He can really, uh, he can really ride that Yamaha. I'm, um, I'm excited to see what he does against some of the other MX2 guys. Um, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if he, how he compares to someone like a Ferrandis almost, because I. Um, I kind of compared those guys a little bit too. Not sure exactly why, but uh, it, it ends up happening. So I'm excited to see what he does. I, I think uh, he'll like this track for sure. Um, he's he's done pretty good at deeper tracks in the past, so I'm really excited to see that one. And Medaglia, I think he's a great anchor rider. I think uh, he's he's pretty solid. I don't expect Medaglia to, to be as fast or as consistent as the other guys, so he might be the weaker link. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm pulling out for team Canada. I have them ranked number fourth on my list. I think that's out of just, you know, my sheer love of the team and just wanting to see these guys do good. So, um, I think, I think it's cap- they're capable of moving themselves up in the roster a little bit. I'm not sure how high I'm hoping for, like I said, for that fourth spot, but, 
um, you know, time will tell. I, I think this is, a, this is a solid team, not the best team that they could have picked, but a very, very solid team. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm counting on them to do pretty decent, get some good starts, and, and really show what they can do. I think uh, you're on the right track there, my friend. I think uh, you still have to uh, give some give us some serious thought to Germany squeaking their way in there, and uh, there will be some other uh, teams that rise above. And of course, it's it's more cross nations. Some, some weird stuff happens, but uh, I, I think you're that's a very kind. Uh, I think they'd, they'd be stoked, say f- top five, and they're certainly capable of it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm penciling Canada in around the sixth, seventh spot. Um, just a, a, their depth of, of their team, like they have three solid guys, uh, and there's plenty of got plenty of teams ahead of them that uh, have only one or two. Um, and of course, if, if those guys happen to just like put it all together, they'd end up just ahead of where Canada is going to end up. But uh, yeah, I think you're totally right. The, Canada has a great chance of possibly even being a top five team this year. And, uh, we, we shall see, um, Germany. Let's, let's talk about Germany. Like, uh, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll save the best for last, which is of course another American team, uh, that's, uh, comprised of some certain characters, but. Uh, Team Germany will be showing up with Ken Roxon, Henry Jacoby, and Max Nagel. Those guys are serious. Um, there's got a ton of speed on that team. You know they're coming back. They're, they want. They've they've won this race before. Uh, Jacoby, of course, not on that team, but I think Nagel and uh, uh, Roxon were on that team. Uh, I, I think the the high watermark for this team would definitely be on the podium. I expect uh, Ken Roxon to lead that team with some great motos. Obviously, rode really well there uh, last last time they were there. Did he not win the first moto when it got handed yeah, to him? I believe he did. Yes, yeah. he did. Yep. So, uh, it, handed to him or not, Ken Roxon's got some speed at uh, at uh, Redbud, and he'll definitely be in better condition than he was uh prior or during the season mid mid, basically mid-season form uh with that that arm that was giving him issues and still is i'm sure but either way i think a bright spot on team germany will be him but uh a really really solid team like this is a well-rounded team and uh it'll all depend on how uh jacoby ends up doing but i think he's he's like one of your uh one of your your kind of like uh, he he's got a, a a possibility to surprise some people, and I think that that'll be the the key to uh, Germany's success is, is Henry Jacoby, whether or not he can jump inside uh, the top ten in some motos and uh, and get it done. Um, so let, let's let's go. Let's give a, a top five right here. Let's uh, let, let's just throw down the gauntlet. I'm I'm calling it right now. U.S. wins, followed by uh, Netherlands, Germany. France and Belgium. That's uh, going to be my top four. And uh, for top top five, uh, let's throw in. Uh... Damn, fifth fifth might be tough to pick. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's let's throw in Switzerland. Hmm. What's your top five? Okay, uh, let's see. I got USA number one. I, I you know, I, I got a, I got a rep for the boys. And then uh, second, I have ne- Netherlands. <laughs> I've got Netherlands with, uh, you know, Captain Hurlings over there just riding like an animal. So I uh, got him. I got France for third. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they can, they can put something together. 
Um, Germany is probably the fastest team. They still kind of fight under the radar for a lot of people. I don't, I haven't heard much, much about those guys, but you know, after thinking about it and going through it, I think, uh, I think those guys would be a good, a good solid fourth spot. I think those guys in France are probably going to, going to end up tussling quite a bit. Roxanne is very capable of winning and, I think Noggle is a serious threat too. Jacoby might be the might be the uh, the question mark. He might be the deciding factor there if he can um, put together some solid motos. But I think I'm going to leave Germany in uh, Germany in the, in the fourth spot. And uh, man, it's tough for fourth. It's either Canada or Belgium. I'm still, you know, I got faith in my Canadian boys. Uh, I I think that they can muster up a top four, top five. So um, right now I got Canada fourth. Um, or, or Canada fifth, and then Belgium right behind them, but that could interchange really easily. So uh, that's t- that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. So yeah, that's that's mine. I hope that uh, I hope I'm proven wrong, and that I can uh, I can see some good ones. Just just mix it up in there. Yeah, I, it, that that's the beauty of this race. Uh, there's so much that goes into it, a three moto format. Who knows how it all shakes out? But either way, it'll be exciting racing. Uh, you'll be there all weekend. Uh, if people are around, where like where are they? Where what? Where, where do you think you'll be watching from? Uh, you've of course been to Redbud before, so uh, where could people find you? And of course, uh, if the people don't know uh, quite what you look like, basically just look for Malcolm Stewart with glasses on. <laughs> Pretty much. So I know it's going to end up happening. I'll see if I can uh, pull out some collective experience shirts or do some giveaways or something. But I'll be all over the track. You know, obviously. One place that everyone wants to go is um, is the Rockwell's Leap. It's going to be extremely packed with people. It's definitely one of the most scenic jumps in pretty much all of the world. Um, you know, also the the start is one of the most exciting, fast starts. Um, you know, on the, on the circuit, so um, you can definitely catch me around there sometimes, and then down the valley towards the middle section of the track, I'll probably be, uh, you know, a few turns deep. But um, yeah, I'll all over the place, definitely just running around like a chicken with my head cut off pretty much. But, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to try to find me uh, with the collective experience shirt, we'll see if we can give some people uh, some cool swag stuff or find me. So we'll see if it works out. But um, this is actually my first donation, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see a lot of people from all over the world just all sharing a love of dirt bikes and uh, and some of these riders. It's, it's definitely one to uh, – Want to watch? I'm still bummed you can't go, Brad. It's uh, it's definitely a super bummer for me, man. But I'll try to send some pictures or something. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got uh, got to work this weekend. Got to lay some bricks. It's unfortunate, but uh, I'll be watching this one uh, from home and uh, saving up my buttons to go to. Uh, is it Switzerland next year, where they have that uh, ridiculous sand track that will? Uh, uh, I, I don't oh, yeah. think the, uh, the the states are as as heavily favored whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be tough. To Deep sand isn't uh, something that we're really used to. Even riding something like South Lake, it's not. Uh, it doesn't that's really compare to those deep sands. Yeah, that doesn't compare. There, there's like South looks sandy, but it's not that sandy. Like it's, um, it's it's like it's it's there's still it's got a base to it. Like there's some sand tracks in in Florida and. Like that are so much deeper, that are just like absolute powder sand that uh, um, that are a whole lot more comparable to uh, to like I say of a European sand track. Um, of course, yeah. we don't have one of those on the national series, so uh, so Southwick gets most of the uh, the attention to that. But and it, it, the Southwick itself is a completely different 
entity. But uh, before we completely just uh, wrap this thing up for a little bit of bench racing and uh, some motocross nations talk here, with Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience, um, Team Puerto Rico. Kevin Windham coming out of retirement after having not raced for a number of years. Ryan Sipes, who has raced a, uh, uh, a GNCC, a Sprint Enduro, uh, Flat Track, a TT, and an Outdoor National this year. Uh, and all, also slated to race uh, Straight Rhythm as well on a two-stroke. And Travis Pastrana. What do you expect from Team Puerto Rico? Other than good times, lots of Instagram posts, and... Uh, most likely cold beverages. <laughs> uh, I expect a good time from these guys. I think Sipes is a jack of all trades. That guy is good no matter what. Um, whether he has the speed to really make a splash with some of the heavy hitters that we have in the class, I'm not 100% sure. I know he's, uh, he's super talented. That guy could pull out a top 15, uh, um, you know, maybe even close to a top 10, um, you know, out of nowhere. So, you know, he, he could be almost like the fast team leader of the pack. Um, Wyndham, extremely solid. That guy might do something crazy, like a whole shot and lead for a couple laps or something. Who knows? I don't think his stamina is there to, to where he'll end up being, uh, you know, solid for, for, you know, the whole moto. Um, we might see him start to fade back. You know, he has a, he has a, you know, old guy with a beard and, you know, older kids and stuff now. So uh, I don't think, you know, physical fitness is at the top of his list before he got thrown into this one. But I think uh, Wyndham would definitely be a fan favorite, favorite people cheering for him and stuff. And, um, you know, he, he might do something pretty cool. So keep an eye out for him. Um, Pastrana, I don't know how that guy is still human right now. He's got he's to gotta be all just hardware in his body. He just <laughs> falling apart for so long. Um, I... I want to say that he might uh, he might give us a cool spectacle over some of the jumps, like the Rocco's Leap, a cool uh, freestyle exhibition. But I can't see the guy doing much better than I don't know a uh, few spots from back of the pack. I hate to say it because I love Travis Estrada, super talented rider, super fast, past champion. But uh, I think his focus for the last good number of years has been freestyle and some of the Nitro Circus stuff and. I don't think he's got the motocross prowess that he once had, but I know he's still going to go up there and give a great show, um, raise some great money for some good causes that he's doing, which I can totally get behind. Um, and you know, same same goes for all these guys. I know they're going to put on a good show. They're really going to represent um, and and uh, and make sure that the cause they're riding for really gets a lot of attention. So and that I'm I'm pretty pumped about. So I don't expect to see any race winners, but I expect to see a good time to be had and, uh, and some cool uh, some cool skill displayed. Definitely, and the, the fact that they're uh, uh, auctioning off Kevin Windham's 450 after the race weekend, that's pretty cool, and uh, also great to see the Geico uh, doing what they can to put a sweet bike underneath him for the weekend. That's uh, always good to see. Um, I, I just hope they make the A-mains. Uh, I think it would be really cool to see him racing it. Um, I, I like... I hope that they're like they're, I think they're going to take it seriously. I think they're going to race to the best of their ability, and I think they do make them a main, uh, just with a, a few of the other teams maybe not coming uh, paired whatsoever. Obviously, a lot few of those guys coming off the couch, but I'd like to think that an off the couch Travis Pastrana, whose uh, knees look uh, just dreadful, <laughs> based on one of the posts that he had made <laughs> last week. Um, but uh, either way, I, I hope to think uh, that they make it to the a mains and. Uh, 
Uh, Ryan Sipes is the only guy that has to go back to back as far as races go, so uh, that's that's encouraging. Like the youngest guy of the group will be able to do that, but uh, yeah, it's just great, great all around, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the Red Bull guys come up with as far as video stuff because I think well, Wes Williams is more than involved with that, and uh, he'll be uh, he'll be buzzing around, making a spectacle of it, and I can't wait to watch it. Same here. I'm very very excited and. Um, the fact that Wyndham's giving his bike away for a raffle afterwards is pretty freaking cool then to say that, hey, you know, I potentially won Kevin Wyndham's bike, then that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. So before I let you go, uh, and obviously coming up for uh, Monster Cup in only a couple of weeks' time, uh, will there be a, uh, a collective experience to do? Uh, yeah, we actually have one now, and it actually sold out on us. We had uh, We had... Uh, Tyler Ensignet hopped on the program for Monster Energy Cup. We had a limited number of spots available, and they went extremely fast. Um, and most of them sold before I even uh, put it up there officially. So, very happy to see that to see that um, to see that play out. And I know Tyler really appreciates a lot of the support from fans, and we're excited and appreciative of the of the fan support that we've had over the year. It's been a great year, and we're looking to improve upon it next year even further. And um, I think uh, I think we're doing some some really cool stuff coming up here pretty soon. And We've actually got one going for Red Bull Straight Rhythm where you actually don't have to leave your house. So we're going to be doing a, an exclusive uh, team, team-run team uh, private Facebook group where we're just dumping tons of interactive content and videos and behind-the-scenes interaction with AJ Cat and Zaro and all of the sponsors and like-minded fans who are actually helping us make decisions on the team as we go. So um, it's, it's super exciting, and every person that signs up um, – and enters, we're actually sending them a team kit with, uh, you know, stuff signed from AJ, stuff from our sponsors, a ton of coupons, uh, you know, like half off of AJ Cat and Zero class savings on the collective experience, and just the list goes on and on. So it's something that we're really excited to roll out for people who might not be able to, you know, fly out for a race or have funding, like, you know, to where they can they can go and watch and be with us in person. They can feel like they are and, and still save some money and still get that experience um, just, you know, from sitting behind the computer screen. So I'm um, hoping something that we can that we can roll out for next season even further and um, really kind of shake up the sport and give fans that interaction that they're craving for. It's more affordable and more accessible for them. Absolutely. So where can people uh, sign up for that? Um, you can check us out at the Collective XP. Um, on Instagram, we're at the Collective EX. Feel free to give us send us a DM, um, reach out through email, um, contact at the Collective Ask us your questions. Um, even any questions for me about the program, what you get, what's involved. By all means, let me know. We're always looking to talk to people, help out, and and uh, give the fans an experience that they've never imagined before. So we're more than happy to do it. Fair enough, my friend. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you making the time for us. Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and, of course, the Collective EX uh, on uh, on Instagram. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll do this again sometime after. I'll probably do it uh, in about a one week's time after uh, the, the, the Nations goes down. We can do a whole review of what we saw on the weekend. Appreciate the time. Oh, awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. It's been, uh, been too long. So, yes, uh, yeah, I miss, I miss my uh, Big Mac family. <laughs> uh, much love, my friend. You have a great rest of your evening as it's already uh, 9, 19 p.m. Uh, Central Time. But uh, you have a great rest of your day. Uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll chat again soon. 
All right, man. We'll talk to you soon.